0: I wanna be a billionaire. I ain't getting no sleep till I see a million every week. I wanna be a billionaire. I ain't getting no sleep till I see a billy every week. I wanna be a billionaire. Billionaire, billionaire. I wanna be a billionaire. Billionaire, billionaire. 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 I wanna be a. Billionaire. 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 I wanna be a billionaire. Ladies and gentlemen, how you doing? Welcome to another episode of Sleep is for Billionaires, the podcast. I am your host, Johnny Vegas, and today. I got the first lady on my episode, I'm so excited to interview her, she's a comedian, actress, host, voiceover artist, she's the lead actress in the show Family Time right now, ladies and gentlemen, Tangerine Thomas. <laughs> that's
1: applause, hey, thank you for that intro, what's up everybody? First of all, I love the name of this podcast, I think that's a really dope name.
0: Thank you, I truly great. appreciate it. Great,
1: great choice. And thanks for having me on.
0: Oh, man, it's a pleasure to have you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to interview. You know, you're the first woman I've interviewed on this show, so... Yeah,
1: I noticed that when Mm -hmm. I was looking at some of the uh, previous ones, but um, I'm glad to be here to represent. Woo-woo!
0: Yes, yes, and I have a ton of questions for you today, but first and foremost, I want to say congratulations on winning first place at Flappers. Oh, yeah! Was that your first stand-up, or...? Well, I
1: started doing stand-up comedy Mm -hmm. on March 15th of this
0: year. Okay. So
1: I had performed probably about seven times Mm -hmm. and then I had to stop because all through April I was shooting season six of Family Time Mm -hmm. so I didn't have any time to practice on stage and then the very next week I did the competition at Flappers in Burbank and it's just the first round, but it still feels good for me to be so new at comedy mm. and be up against people who've been doing it for a few years, and me to take first place that night. So that's pretty good. And now the second round is going to be May thirtieth on my birthday. Oh wow! At Flappers Burbank, and so if I can win on that one, I'll get five hundred bucks, and they'll start booking me at Flappers in, in Burbank. So wow. fingers crossed.
0: Hey, well, good luck. I'm praying for you, sister. And uh, thank you. You know, you owe it to yourself to win on your birthday.
1: I know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like how God have, couldn't have said. It up any better when exactly. they sent me the email like the next round is may 30th let us know if you want to confirm i was like hell yeah i'm gonna invite all my friends and say this is how i'm celebrating my birthday and the audience gets a, a choice to um pick the winner and then mm. the judges get a choice right so if i get the audience choice that's all i need yeah that's all i need happy birthday to me
0: <laughs> that's what's up man so um Family time. You know, how'd you get involved with that show? Like, how was that casting process? Or did you just get a phone call? Did you even have to audition? How would that work?
1: Ah, okay. So, first, I won't say I'm not the lead. The leading lady is Angel Conwell. Oh, okay. It's her show. Her and Omar Gooding are the stars. Okay. I play lipstick lesbian sister, Rachel, mm-hmm. the, the sister of Angel's character, Lisa. Got it. So, um... I was supposed to do another show with Bentley Kyle Evans he's the creator of Family Time you know his name because he also was the executive producer of the show Martin and the executive producer of the show the Jamie Foxx show Mm -hmm. and love that girl and now in the cut with Dorian Wilson I saw that you interviewed him Mm -hmm. so Bentley Kyle Evans is a legend Mm -hmm. and so I got an audition to read for one of his pilots called The Rev and it was like this um older white male rock star turned reverend of a church in Vegas Mm -hmm. and I played his, um, he was adopted by a black family and I was his little sister mm. and his my brother was tiny Lister with the bad eye from Friday yeah, yeah, yeah. and then our Debo Debo and yeah. then our mother was the mom from Family Matters Joe Marie Payton wow so we had a great cast and I was like and the show was really funny and Bentley wrote all the episodes we shot four episodes and we were having so much fun it paid really well and the the um, the problem was the main guy isn 't an actual actor, mm. but it was his idea, and it was his money, so we had to keep him attached but they okay, put
0: me in it but <laughs> it 's been really hard to sell
1: the show because um, you know every, it's just it hasn't sold mm. but I had so much fun shooting that. I love the guy who plays the main guy, his name is Johnny as well, and mm. he just reached out to me recently it's been like seven or eight years since we shot this pilot he's still calling me like we're about to sell it any day now and i'm like okay johnny but whatever but that experience was great mm. and because of that experience bentley when he was writing family time had me in mind for this character but no i did still have to audition even though he thought he wanted me he made me come and improve myself and he didn't even tell me that he wanted me for it he just it was just another audition to me right so i went in I did my best, of course I was comfortable with, with reading for the casting director and for them and mm. and the funny thing about reading for Bentley, especially back then, is they put all their cousins and baby mamas and, and, and nephews in the audition room with you, so you walk in there and there's like 25 people in the room and you're like, whoa, then you have to go, wait, I'm going to pretend that this is normal and just still be comfortable and wonder who is this 12 year old that's looking at me on his uh, Game Boy and who is this over here on his Nintendo ship, like who are these people, mm. like, so you have to get all out of your head and just do your best and so they ended up calling me to tell me that I booked it and we just finished season six I can't believe it so even though that first show didn't go past those four episodes ever making it on air Mm -hmm. I was blessed enough to get on this one and we should be at least going to season seven so that's great
0: Congratulations. I actually got a chance to, well, multiple times to witness you on set doing your thing. did? You. Uh, come visit yeah. us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I'm going to say you, you carry yourself very professionally and you're very good at what you do and just keep doing what you're doing. I'm sure Thank you. one of these days you'll have that star on the Walk of Fame for sure. Thank you. So, I appreciate that. So tell me, what is it like working with Bentley Cal Evans? I mean, the legend. I mean, did you, in the beginning, did you find it? Um, did you under pressure to live up to his expectations being that he's done hit shows like Martin and the Jamie Foxx show?
1: You know what, I didn't because I originally met him when I was reading for another show, I believe it was, it might have been Cedric the Entertainer's sketch comedy show, oh mm-hmm. no I think it was Jamie Foxx's sketch comedy show. Okay. I was reading for one of those roles and they were looking for sketch players and I had to come in with three different characters. And I'm not really a character person, but I wrote some characters the night before and I was like going crazy. One of my characters was the Punani princess. And so she was solving crimes with the power of her vagina. It was hilarious. I was mm-hmm. humping furniture in, in the room. And I had them cracking up. I mean, I had to like unzip my pants and like really get into it. And it was so much fun. So I didn't book it because they went with names. They put Wendy Raquel Robinson on the show and a couple other people that you had seen starring in other series already. And I was really bummed out because I was like, man, I felt like I did a good job. And I did come and visit the set and see how it was how it was going. And I was like, okay, this is cool, but I still mm-hmm. could have rocked this. Right. But I was comfortable enough to do that audition and then visiting them on set. I got to hang out with them again. And then... I had also done extra work, background acting mm-hmm. on um Martin and Jamie Foxx back okay. in the day. Okay. So like my earlier my earlier work was was background work. So I was already familiar with, with Bentley. Mm. So from extra work to auditioning to the sketch show to auditioning for the rev, by the time I did family time, he was family. Yeah. So it was just comfortable. And then everybody who works with him, his his writers, his set designer like everybody's related to him. Mm. So it's literally family and it felt like family and the show is called family time So no, I wasn't nervous at all. I was just like let's do this.
0: Yeah, that's cool I like how he has his uh, business structure, you know, keep his family around keep it close. Yeah, that's how the rich stay rich You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, man. Nah, that's cool. That's cool. So tell me um Do you find it difficult for a woman, you know to get respected in the comedy field or did, did you find it difficult? in the beginning of course do you
1: mean stand-up comedy or or acting comedy acting
0: well both
1: because i hear that stand-up comedy is really brutal on women i hear that when you just when you get funny and and you're ready to go on the road with Mm. with male comedians you you want to open for them or feature for them they they kind of tell you well you got to do sexual favors if you want me to bring you on the road there's no way we're going to be flying around the country and you're gonna be in a hotel room across from mine and not give me none. Like they, they go through that. Mm. Luckily I'm only two months in and I'm married to a comedian so I don't think anybody's gonna really try that with me. Also they know I'm not hungry enough to even take them up on that offer. Like I'm not, I'm not down, in the, down on a, I won't say I'm not broke. Like I don't wanna call those new girls broke but I just, like they know I don't need it enough for them to be like able to talk to me like that. Mm. I don't put it past men though, because that's what the whole Me Too, Time Is Up movement is about, is that you know a man is gonna always try to see if you'll you you you'll be able to give him some, or if he can get away with it. And I think if there weren't women who would eventually say yes to it, that they wouldn't have been able to do this for so many years. Mm. There's always a woman who thinks, well, maybe if I do give him some, I will get an opportunity. Yeah. So. It hasn't been that way for me in the stand-up world yet, Mm -hmm. but I know that it happens, and I know that it's hard on these women, and I know there's a lot of all-female comedy shows and a lot of all-female groups, uh, support groups because they need to stand up for each other because Mm -hmm. the men don't respect them at all. And Mm -hmm. so I'm prepared for it because I've been studying comedy for so long the sitcom world, the acting world, I have experienced some Me Too moments being um, a comedic actress, even dramatic actress, because mm-hmm. that just goes in any industry. Men like sex, they like power, mm-hmm. and they're going to try you. They're going to tell you that if you do this, you'll get fat. And if you stay around long enough and give them what they want, then maybe you'll get this opportunity. And it's up to you to decide whether you want to take the elevator or the stairs and i've just been taking the stairs which is why i've been in so many different projects and i'm still not super super famous because i didn't take the elevator and i'm some people take the elevator and they still don't get to the floor they need they I've, i know lots of people who have taken men up on their offers and slept with the certain people and it didn't get them anywhere so i've always been afraid of like what are you going to do you're going to have sex with somebody they and then they don't give you the opportunity they promise you and you're going to take them to court Your Honor, he said if I sucked his dick that I was going to get to be the lead in the movie. Like, that Mm -hmm. doesn't hold up. So I just have never been, you know, I don't trust people enough Mm -hmm. and I'm not loose enough to go that route. So that's the only thing that I would say is hard about doing um, a a woman doing comedy is that men kind of dominate and produce things and they kind of want you to do things for them. But other than that, it's a lot of fun.
0: (laughs) That's crazy, though, man. I mean... Whew, i'm actually i was actually had some questions prepared for the for the me too movement stuff like that but i'm glad you brought it up early it seemed like you know that was a point in your life where you know you had to make those hard decisions you know what i'm saying either take this man on his offer to boost my career if possible or you know stick to my guns and stick to my integrity and keep going the route that you know i feel comfortable with and it sounds like you're doing that and it's working out fine for you you know yeah so keep that keep that going you know what i'm saying don't let no man try to manipulate you and hold your your dreams like this like you want this exactly you want this? like a carrot you know? dangling yeah. yeah exactly so don't don't do that but we'll, we'll get to that a little later let's stick more something a little more happy no okay. so tell me uh you know at what age did you decide you know you wanted to take this career fully I mean seriously you know whether it was acting or comedy
1: Um, I decided I was gonna be an actress when I was six years old I did a play in first grade in my school called Hansel and Gretel I was a gingerbread man mm-hmm. and I had one line And when I said that line, and I made the whole cafeteria, cafetorium, I'll call it, because remember, you used to eat in the same (laughs) room where they had all the school productions. So the cafetorium, I made everybody laugh with my one line, and I was like, wow, this is power. Whatever this is that I'm doing, I'm not sure the name of it, but I want to do this for the rest of my life. So I started doing theater after school, Mm -hmm. in elementary school, and then I started taking acting classes whenever I could, and I just was always gearing my life up to somehow figure out how I could take acting seriously mm-hmm. so it wasn't until also then I had to go to college mm-hmm. and my family was like well we don't know what's up with this acting thing but you better get a degree so I got a degree in TV film and production and multimedia management so that way I could get the degree get them off my back but also I could own my own production company, understand all aspects of production. So that was really good. I have a company called Citrix Cinema Incorporated and I've produced a few things. and I'm gonna produce some more stuff uh, later on this year. So it was um, a journey that started at age six, but I didn't take it seriously mm-hmm. and start acting full time until, gosh, it's probably been 15 years now, it's crazy. It's been yeah. a long time.
0: I've been hearing that a lot. Like those numbers, like 15, 20 years, 25. Yeah,
1: it's been a while, but it's um, it's like I said, I'm taking the stairs, but I'm having fun. I'm enjoying the journey. Mm-hmm. I've worked with a lot of people. I have a lot of connections and most of my friends are in the industry and I wouldn't have it any other way. Like I love the, I love the journey. It's really about that for me. Like Brad Pitt, they said he got famous overnight because it only took him two years. Mm-hmm. So two years is overnight to the industry, but most people take more than 10. About twenty, So, you know, I'm right where I am to be on a, a series for six seasons at this point and to be recurring on another series, uh, Famous in Love, and to be the voice of the egg on the Denny's
0: commercials mm. for
1: like about 25 commercials. Like I'm I, I like where I am and I like the process and what I, the lessons that I learned to get here.
0: Right. Well, that's cool. That's cool. So now, so like you said, this is season six. You guys just wrapped up a family time. Yes. Tell me what are your likes and dislikes about your character on family time?
1: my likes about my character rachel is Mm -hmm. that she gets to make fun of other characters on the show i go back and forth kind of like that energy that pam and martin had on martin where they're always making fun of each other me and omar gooding's character we battle it out every episode. And it's so funny, us coming up with different names, we add-lib things to each other, we catch each other off guard, we make each other laugh and break character. That is so much fun for me. And I do it a little bit with my sister on the show, was played by Paula J. Parker. Mm-hmm. She's, um, you know her from, you ain't gotta lie, Craig, yeah. on Friday. And she also did a recurring spot on Ray Donovan.
0: And Sprung. And,
1: and in Sprung, mm-hmm. she's, she's amazing. She's such a good actress, I yeah, love she's playing her sister. Hell. So I sometimes make fun of her on the show. So that's my favorite thing. And then my least favorite thing about my character will probably be the fact that she's a lesbian, which I think is very very modern and very bold of a choice for them to write, but they don't really address it that mm. much. Like they're being safe because, probably because black people are super Christian and don't really wanna see that. Mm. And I've done interviews where people like talk to me and they're super friendly and as soon as the tape stops rolling, they tell me how they're gonna pray that I get a different role because they don't want me playing a lesbian and they're praying that maybe that character gets cut, like they're they, they're very conflicted about the fact that I'm a lesbian and I'm like, you know, it's acting right, like, and it's okay, but whether I play the role or not, people are going to be gay like they have been gay since the beginning of time and me playing this character doesn't change that so Mm -hmm. um i just wish that my character on the show actually had a girlfriend sometimes or you saw her dating or you saw her having some dating issues and maybe make light of the situation or just the fact that i could be able to represent the lesbian culture a little bit better that's what i
0: wish okay so in, in that part they're just insinuating that you're gay not necessarily showing it
1: I had one girlfriend, like one titled, episode, season two, and that was it. Mm. Out of six seasons and various, and about, I think we've shot, what was it, 65 episodes? Only one episode had me with a girlfriend. like, And I never really talk about the girls. Like Maybe one line every four episodes or five episodes, I might say something like, the hints that I'm a lesbian. But mm. it's really, really subtle. Mm. I would just like to have some more fun with that because there are people who want to see somebody who looks like themselves on TV. That's and thing. that's how we feel when we see another, we see our race on TV or, or our gender on TV. So I think, you know, it would do the, the LGBTQ community some justice if I was able to be a little more forward with my lesbianism.
0: But you see a lot of that on TV today, like even in the show Star or you know, the guy in Empire, you know, there's a lot of that being you know, exploited out there and stuff like that. So, I mean, you know, if, if you feel comfortable doing that type of stuff, you know, then it's all good. You know what I'm saying? I think,
1: I think Empire and, and um, those kind of shows rub people the wrong way because there's so much man-on-man. Man and a lot of the people in my community that mm-hmm. are straight get annoyed by having to see it. But I have to realize that there are people that are gay that want to see it and want to see it normalized But for some reason, women on women is accepted by gay or straight. Like, you can be watching a porn, for example, Mm -hmm. which I've had to experience this for years, and in the middle of a straight porn, you'll see women on women or a guy with a few women and he makes the women do things to each other, Mm -hmm. and that's considered straight. But you wouldn't want to see in the middle of a straight porn two guys going at it because a guy that's a straight guy watching that would get upset. So for some reason, women on women is, is more received as straight or gay and then, since I'm on a sitcom I I wouldn't be like french kissing and eating out a woman, it Mm -hmm. would just be like some fun play, it would still be safe Mm -hmm. when you're on a drama more things are implied, Mm -hmm. but on a sitcom it could just be fun and light Mm -hmm. and so I just wish that it would at least be that for gay people to see that and be able to relate to it Mm -hmm. but yes on those other shows we do get it a lot and I know that it's bittersweet, depending right. on your viewpoint when
0: you're watching it. Right, 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 no, That's a fact. Like you said, I mean, when it's women on women, it's acceptable. When it's guy on guy, it's like, turn, turn this off. <laughs> right, and it's
1: not fair, but it's, it's just how it is.
0: I mean, I guess it's more acceptable because it looks better, you know, the women on women.
1: Well, that's a, still an opinion, because a guy might think that it looks better as guys. And and the funny thing about gay men is they're, men are visual. Mm. So you guys not you, but a man will be out of shape with a big belly, hasn't shaved his beard in in days, Mm -hmm. and he's not really well kept up, but his woman better be a dime. She better have a flat stomach and a fat ass and a fly hairstyle. She's gotta be this, this, and this, because men are so visual. So you notice gay men are in the gym every day, they got abs, you know. their arms are amazing, so maybe they're completely waxed, and maybe their sex scene together is beautiful to them. You know, you you don't picture a man with a taco meat hairy chest that's just like out of shape. Oh, 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 But another man. Picture these two beautifully chiseled men who have worked really hard on their hygiene and body. Picture them having sex. But see, nah, because I'm good. you're not nah, gay I'm good. I'm but not, a gay nah. man <laughs> would want to see that and would feel like why isn't this being represented and then Lee Daniels goes I got you <laughs> I'll show you as many gay people as I can and Shonda Rhimes is like I got you too because uh-huh. I want to be on a big network and mm. this is what they're telling me I got to do mm. so I'm going to keep writing gay characters and I'm going to take the lead and make her gay too mm. and I'm going to give her a girlfriend and a boyfriend like it's happening and we are Forced to be normal, be normalized to seeing it. Like, okay, no big deal. Mm. Just like I was forced to be normalized to see women on women. Because every porn you throw in, it's like, oh, there's a girl scene now. Mm. All right, when are we going to get back to the dick?
0: Right. <laughs> That's funny. So, tell me, what is it like being married to another comedian. I'm sure you guys like do you guys even like joke on each other all the time like is oh it like God. laughter or is it like we just typical First of all,
1: we're both very tough crowds. Like we mm-hmm. don't laugh at a lot of people out in the world or at movies or at comedy shows. It takes a lot to make us laugh. For mm-hmm. me, I love subtle humor. I love dry humor. So, I like what Vince Vaughn does on camera or what um why can't I think of his name? J- uh j- uh Seinfeld. No, the guy who's Jason Bateman. I love Jason Bateman's comedy. I just
0: seen one of his movies last night, actually, on Netflix. It,
1: I love Jason. Mm-hmm. I don't know which one you saw, but he's it's just, called uh, Extract. Okay, I need like to see that one.
0: It's pretty funny. But
1: he's real subtle with his comedy. He'll talk under his breath and say something, and then it'll be a, a throwaway line, and I'll be like. <laughs> Yeah. that was funny yeah. but if i see somebody doing all of this and slap sticking and you know yeah. doing all that i'll just be sitting there like okay and then it'll be something they least expect and they just threw out and i'll be like ah oh, that was funny yeah. so when my husband and i get together at home mm. we are constantly making each other laugh because we say the most unexpected things to each other but mm. nobody's around to see it right and the funniest thing about our marriage is that we'll be in the bed trying to go to sleep and we'll be cracking each other up. Whereas most people are probably, you know, this is the time to make love and kiss. Yeah, yeah, we do all that too. But we are hilarious in the middle of the night. We're Mm -hmm. in the bed laughing from the gut while we're cuddling and like saying the stupidest stuff. And I'm like, man, I wish we could film. I wish we had a reality show that could have cameras on us right now because we're funny as fuck and nobody's getting to experience this. So he's the reason I started doing comedy because he was like, you have to start. Like Mm -hmm. you're so funny. You've been in love with standup comedy for longer than I've been doing it, you've got to at least go do an open mic and see if you like it. He forced me, he set up the appointment for me to perform. I flaked on him and was like, I set up an appointment with a, a client for a gig that I was hosting. I was like, oh babe, I can't make it, I got an appointment. And he was like, okay, I got you for next week. And I set up another appointment, he set up another appointment for me and he drove me to it. Mm. And I was like, damn. And I went and performed and I was like, oh my God, they're laughing at me and this yeah. is so much fun. And he was like, yo, you're really funny. Like mm. you, could, you need to keep this up. So. It's his fault that I finally am doing this because I've always wanted to, Mm. but I never had the courage to actually try it out until he was like, you have to.
0: That's good that you got somebody that pushes you, like really pushes you like to to, to get to where you want to be, man. Like my girl is the same way. She pushes me with everything, you know, like she got me a... A studio in the crib. She's like, you want to record? Alright, boom. Now nice. nah, there's no excuse. Nice. Nah, like, Alright, well, let's do it.
1: That's a down woman right there. Don't you leave her when you blow up. Because that's what always happens. We always are the ones that'll be like, I'll pay for your acting classes. I'll pay for you to get a photo shoot for mm-hmm. your headshots. And then, you know, okay, you don't have to rent this month. I got you. Mm-hmm. And then when y'all blow up, you'll be like, oh, I want Becky over there instead. Thanks. We got two kids. Where are you going? <laughs> I'll send you some child support.
0: Like, don't you leave her. Nah, not at all, man. Like, honestly, man, she's like, I analyzed the situation with the girls I've been with prior to her. It was like she was what I wanted and needed and what I've been searching for before I even got to her. You know what I'm saying? And it was like, now that I got her, it's like, I, I can't mess this up. Good. You know what I'm saying? Good. Don't forget that. Oh, never, never, Don't never. do Trust me. She reminds me every day. You know what I'm saying? Good. But yeah, but... Um, so back to you and, uh, and Clayton, right? Mm-hmm. His name? Like, so now, as far as the business side, you know, do you guys, like, have the same management, same agents, or you do business separate?
1: We do business separately, but there was three years where we had the same agent because mm-hmm. um, they asked me to come with him to his initial meeting, mm-hmm. and they liked my materials, and we both gave them some scripts, and they had been following us online, and they both... Uh, they wanted to sign both of us, so mm-hmm. we got with them, but we have both since parted from them and went to separate agents and separate managers. Mm. And we don't like being booked together. So, I mean, I don't mind it, but he's not the type to share the spotlight. And I know that about my husband. So people are constantly contacting me saying, yeah, I want to interview you and your husband. Or yeah, I want you and your husband to shoot some sketches with me. And he doesn't like that. He likes you to call him for him and call me for me. So that's what I had to tell people. Listen, think of us like... Angela Bassett and Courtney Vance. You Mm -hmm. know, they're married, but you don't book them together. You don't interview them together. They're a powerhouse and they're successful separately, and then they come home, and then it's like, oh, and they happen to be married. So that's how we are.
0: Yeah. Guess he needs a space. He does. <laughs>
1: and that's fine. That's nah,
0: fine. No, nah, that's cool. That's cool, man. Yeah. Now when I now that you mentioned people contacting you for both, I actually hit you up to get both of you on the so I thought I wasn't
1: it, even gonna say that, but yes, you did. No,
0: nah, I thought it'd be <laughs> I thought it'd be cool because it'd be my first time having a powerhouse couple together, right. you know, so right. I thought it'd be cool and then I could kinda you guys could piggyback off each other with the answers and stuff, but I get it though, I get it, you know, he likes his own thing and you are doing your own thing, so I guess what if it ain't if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So
1: And I think that's the funny thing because um, when when he and I first started dating, he told me he hated when girls started to do comedy after they dated him he was like, it's so annoying because they think that it looks easy because I make it look easy and then they start to do it and it's just such a turnoff or then I wonder, did they really love me or were they just interested in getting into comedy because I've introduced them to all these people? So he drilled that in my head for the first few years of us being together, so that further let me know that I could never do comedy. Mm. Yet, now that he's been the one to motivate me, encourage me, drive me to the sets, book me on shows with him, Mm. we're having so much fun and even though, he doesn't like us to be booked together. Mm. We just did a show at the Comedy Union, uh, was it last night? The night before last, Wednesday night. Mm. And it was his birthday show, so he was the headliner. And I opened up as a surprise to the audience. They didn't know I was gonna perform but my material has a lot to do with him, Mm. and his material has a lot to do with me, Mm. and so I'm seeing how phenomenal we are when we're on the same show, Mm. because the audience gets to hear both sides of the the perspective, and Mm. it's so incredible. This happened another time at the J-Spot a few weeks ago. I opened the show, he performed later in the show, and so they got to hear both sides, and so I think something's gonna become, um, with both of us performing, Like I feel like we need to sell a package of us on a DVD or you know VOD, both performing because it was so incredible. The stuff that I said, he was able to reply to it when he went up, and the mess that I talked, he talked it back. It was mm. it was awesome. So mm. something's mm. gonna change. Yeah, just
0: yeah, definitely. I feel the same way. Just by hearing you talk, I'm saying that's I, that's nothing like that out there right now. Like a, a husband and wife comedian duo, right? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like a Dynamic duo, and I think that'll sell tickets. That'll sell anything you know sell out arenas you know once you guys blow up more but i'm just saying like yeah you'll be the first ones to do it i love the idea i love Mm -hmm. the idea he's got now you got it now this is when you push him yeah but you set up the appointment i I got an appointment and it still doesn't take his
1: spotlight away because i'm separately doing my set Mm -hmm. and he's separately doing his set and i let him be the star he's 13 years into comedy he's hilarious he's a veteran now i met him when he just moved out here. he was younger i've Mm -hmm. known this man for 10 years Mm -hmm. we've been married for four our anniversary is actually May 14th our 4 year anniversary mm. but I'll let him be the star cuz he's he he's earned that mm. but we have such an interesting marriage and we have a, such an interesting perspective on Hollywood and relationships and life mm-hmm. that I think people would enjoy us as a package I do
0: It sounds like sounds like something entertaining especially when you uh you talked about how uh YouTube I'd say a lot of jokes when you're spooning in the bed or whatever you know what I'm saying that coming to light and possibly turning into a show will even uh, increase your value yeah
1: yeah you know so yeah. I think
0: that's dope but um tell me about uh, is it Citric Cinemas Citric Cinema okay Cinema. yeah yeah tell me, tell me more about that and your plans for the future
1: Citric Cinema is my production company. Of mm-hmm. course, the Citric is a play on my name, Tangerine, and I mm-hmm. just thought Cinema kind of reminds me of that old school feel of when movies were made out of film, because that's when I first fell in love with acting, right. and that's when I was, you know, first getting involved in what it would be to be an actress. Things were still shot on film, mm-hmm. like this. Being able to do anything you want from your phone is amazing, right? But that's not where, you know, that's not what I started with. So that's my production company name and. The first thing I produced was a short film for this community named Kwame. Our lead girl was Robin Thede, who I'm super proud of. We found her. She was ad-libbing hilariously in her audition. And now she has her own show called um, The Get Down with Robin Thede on BET. Mm. She also wrote for Larry Wilmore's night show. She, I think she might have written on... Real Husbands of Hollywood. She's written on a bunch of talk shows. She's really, really, really talented. So that was the first thing I produced. And I was happy that, you know, we chose her. We saw that talent in her. And now she's this big thing. I can't, get, I can't take credit for that. I can just know that I see talent well. Mm-hmm. So that was the first thing I produced. Then the last thing I produce besides all the funny sketches that we put on Instagram, if mm-hmm. you're not following me at, at Official Tangerine, and my husband at Team Clayton Thomas, we're ridiculous on the gram, yeah, but besides, I see that. <laughs> besides the sketches that we produce, I produced a web series called The Celibate Nympho Chronicles, mm. and that won some awards, and that was a look at my journey before I got married, when I was just Dating and I was celibate because I was a diehard Christian and I was feeling really really conflicted about fornicating I felt so guilty, but I love sex. So I was like, okay, I'm the celibate nympho I was calling myself. That's my nickname That was my name on Twitter and I had started doing a countdown of how many days I could go without having sex and I was sharing that with the world on Twitter and I decided to make a whole web series about that journey, and so Citric Cinema produced that, and it's still available online, Uh, it starred Malik Yola, Tony Rock, Rodney Perry, my mom was played by, oh my gosh, why can't I think of her name, it starts with an A, oh my gosh, this is terrible, Aloma Wright, there we go. Mm. So it had some great recognizable faces in it, people really respected it, and they got to see that I can produce as well as act. And I I produced it also because I wanted people to know that I was funny because I was being cast a lot as the straight girl, the funny, it's not straight as in sexuality this time, but straight as in the one who you bounce the jokes off of and you're just, you know, setting up everybody else's punchline. And I was tired of being cast like that and I was like, oh, you just got to be plump with a curly haircut Mm. to play the funny girl, Mm. you know, and you can picture these girls that I'm talking about, the, Mm. the big girls with the curly hair that are that are real sassy yeah,
0: yeah, yeah i was yeah. like
1: i don't I don't look like that but i can still be funny so let me produce something to show people that i can do physical comedy and i can do big comedy i can do subtle comedy and you can look to me for being funny so yeah. i think that opened doors for people to realize oh okay Tangerine's yeah. is funny too
0: yeah you can do more than what they just want you to do exactly so that's what's up all right you could you want to drink some water i heard your throat drying up you <laughs> <laughs> like me and my husband <clears throat> mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: You got to leave that in.
0: <laughs> I got you. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, um, Nympho Chronicles.
1: The celibate Nympho Chronicles.
0: Celibate Nympho Chronicles. Nympho Chronicles
1: Ch- makes it sound like a hoe. It,
0: it, celibate it Nympho
1: Chronicles is I'm conflicted.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha, yeah. Trying to balance. It's an I oxymoron
1: guess. of the sexiest kind.
0: So, you won some awards. So, tell me, how does that part happen? Like, do you submit it to different festivals and then possibly get nominated? That yeah, how it works?
1: exactly. Whenever okay. you produce anything, whether it's a web <clears> series <throat> or a feature film or a short film or even a TV pilot, mm-hmm. there's Festivals all over the country and you find the ones that you think you're right for mm-hmm. you pay the entry fee because they usually charge you mm-hmm. and Sometimes you fly to wherever they're having their festival awards and you see how you did this one I just only submitted it to the Los Angeles web series festival because I was like oh, I'm a, I'm a web series and there's one here locally in LA and I think it was only its first or second year doing it mm-hmm. So I submitted it to there. I think I submitted two episodes mm-hmm. and I paid the fee or whatever, and I went and attended the festival, and I watched a bunch of the projects that were in there, and I networked with a lot of people, and then I ended up winning uh, Best Female Lead in the Comedy. Actually, they, they changed my category to dramedy, which shocked me, because they said my first episode was so dramatic. They said my show was dramatic, but I, yeah. I was like, it's only the episode, because my the leading up to why I became self Info, I wanted to put some realness to it, mm. so they decided my whole project was a dramedy, so I got Best dramedy lead best guest star dramedy male that was um tony rock's part Mm -hmm. best writing which was very touching to me because that was the first thing i had written and all by yourself yeah so that really meant a lot and i got a fourth award for outstanding series so Mm -hmm. i was like oh my gosh this means so much and it's validated me stepping out on faith and just you know producing something and writing something on my own
0: that's cool man that's cool now did your um did your family support you in the beginning with your decision to want to carry this full time Did they believe in you and just support you all the way, or it was that you better have a backup plan? My
1: mom mm-hmm. originally wanted me to be a dentist or an interior designer because she thought I always had a flair for you know, putting things together Mm -hmm. fashion-wise as well as in the home and then I think she used to want to be a dentist so she thought it'd be cool to push that dream onto me. Mm -hmm. But when I told her I wanted to be an actress, she was like, you know, probably thought it was a phase. Mm -hmm. And then the first thing that she saw me in, she was like, well, I don't know if you should take this acting thing seriously, you know, you should probably do something else. And it hurt me Mm -hmm. because I knew I was good and I knew that other people had responded well to my uh, performance, but my mom was just like, yeah, you should do something different. To this day, she doesn't remember telling me that, which is interesting because I could have taken her words to heart and completely changed the direction of my life and had a nine to five and worked for corporate America and helped somebody else make their dreams come true. Mm because That's what you do when you punch in the clock. That's a fact. You're making somebody else get more uh, success in their dreams, Mm -hmm. but she doesn't remember saying it, which is great, and now she's one of my biggest fans. She comes to my show. She comes to visit me on set when I'm shooting Family Time. The cast and crew love her. She's, she's she's amazing. There's been times uh, back in the day where I didn't have the money to pay my bills that month. She would give it to me mm-hmm. and instead of talking mess and being like, I told you not to be an actress. Like she's been the biggest cheerleader for me. My little sister is a huge fan. My dad was a fan, but he was a fan on the low because he's cool. Mm. So in, in to me, he would say stuff like, oh, I wish you had more lines. I, I saw you on that show. I wish you were in the last scene too. Or I did a show where the lead and I had a fight and she won because she's the lead yeah and he was like why did you let that white girl beat you up I was like that is her show so he never seemed like what I was doing was enough yeah but when he passed because he passed in 2013 may um, rest in peace when I went back and talked to all his friends all they did was tell me how much he bragged about me and how proud he was of me and I was like dad why you didn't tell me this yeah. but he was so proud of me and all his friends had they recording me on different shows and mm-hmm. knew all the projects I had been a part of because he was constantly talking about me. Yeah. But to me, he was just like telling me he wanted more. Yeah. And I never thought that my career was successful enough for him. And then I'm like, oh, he's just being a man, like, yeah. you know, keeping his feelings inside right, right. and like pushing me. So, it's so yes, that's, the long answer was that. The short answer is, yes, my family now supports me.
0: Yeah, but that's cool, though, because like either way he was pushing you in the direction you ultimately wanted to exactly. go. You know what I'm saying? He was just being a man about it. I mean, yeah. yeah, it was cool but you should have more lines. But that, exactly. It, it, I, I feel like he was strategically and um, indirectly trying to push you to keep going so you can get more lines. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Or
1: produce my own content, which I do now. So now I have as many lines as I want. Exactly. Because I can decide if I win a fight scene now. I can decide if I have the last word in the last scene. But mm-hmm. when I'm working with somebody else, I can't.
0: That's a fact. That's a fact.
1: Thanks, Daddy. Just realized that.
0: <laughs> That's cool. So you worked on... um. Johnson's Family Vacation, right? I did. Alongside uh, Cedric the Entertainer. How was that? I'm sure he's hilarious. That was a really fun show, mm-hmm. a movie.
1: I'll say that again. That was a really fun movie. <laughs> I auditioned to play, I believe it was like Woman Number One, and I was supposed to sit in a chair. That's everybody's
0: first one. My first one was Goon One. It's always <laughs> a character with a number behind it.
1: So I went to the audition for Woman Number One. The movie had already been shot mm-hmm. and edited, and it went to test at different screenings, and people were saying, they wanted to see more of the Uncle Earl character Mm -hmm. in the mechanic and that they wanted, you know, a different ending or something. They just didn't love the ending. So they had, woman number one was supposed to come and sit in a chair and just kind of dance while Cedric talked and made fun as he was playing some music. So I went in and I just kind of like really got into it. I think I even stood up or something. And so I booked it and I went to the set and I was just joking around with Cedric and, and we were, so comfortable with each other, that when we were on a a timeout, I was like, hey, Mm -hmm. I wanna talk. I don't wanna just dance, I'm an actress, let me say some lines. I was like, give me a name, let's, he's like, oh, okay, okay, I'ma call you Peaches. Uh, how's that? I was like, well, my real name is Tangerine. If you're gonna call me a fruit, just call me Tangerine. That's and fair, he was yeah. like, okay, for sure, I got you. So he came out and said, Reenie, And then he's dancing and then he introduces me to uh, Vanessa Williams and Bow Wow and Solange Knowles. And he's mm-hmm. like, this is my girlfriend, Tangerine. And my heart dropped. because I was like, oh my God, all these celebrities. And he's saying my actual name yeah. and it's gonna be in theaters. And I actually made it into... One of the trailers that they cut that Mm. you could see my character and then everybody was just hitting me up because they were watching the movie in the theaters and on the planes and then when it became a a DVD and I was like, man, it was such a small audition Mm. that I could have been like, nah, I'm not going to go out for woman number one with no lines who's just dancing in a Mm. chair. But it became a great catalyst for me to work with some amazing people and to have those residual checks coming because they still come Mm. and to uh, get that experience.
0: That's cool, man. That's cool. And it's crazy you said that it was a it was a small audition that led to a big uh, role. Mm-hmm. But I've been hearing this saying a lot since I moved to L.A. It's a, There's no such thing as a small role. There's small, small actors. Act exactly. And you obviously played your role and did it big. And look where it got you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's, that's the
1: it. second time I did it. That was a Fox film. Mm-hmm. I did another what I would have considered a small audition for a character mm-hmm. who I don't even think she had a name either. Mm-hmm. And it was a Saturday at like 10 a.m. audition and I was talking mess like, who the hell does an audition for a legitimate movie on a Saturday? I never heard of this production company. I was- You just was t-
0: tired. I was so tired.
1: <laughs> so I got there and everybody in the waiting room was had the same complaints. We all got an attitude. And then I immediately changed my attitude and I said, Tangerine, you're the bringer of energy, health, joy, and light. You need to remember that and not be in here complaining, this is an opportunity. Just go in there and give them your best. And now you've made a friend in the, in the room, whether you book this or not, doesn't matter. So I changed my mindset. I went in there and at the point I had only read, it was two lines. And when I finished, they were like, oh no, no, we don't want you for this part. Go take these sides, go out there. And when you're ready, come back in with that part. So I came back in with the other role and it was a bigger role. And they were like, they liked me. I booked it and the show, the movie was called Playboys. Mm. They changed the name to Miss March. Mm. They got Hugh Hefner to be a part of it. Craig Robinson was in it, and then I became Craig Robinson's like love interest in it. Mm. And so I ended up having you know several scenes in this movie based on this no-name audition on a Saturday morning from an independent uh, production company. It became a theatrically distributed mm. Fox film with name actors and. I was in that trailer, too. People see it all the time. It's on cable. It's on on planes and the movies. And it was me changing my mindset and realizing this is an opportunity. And it became much bigger from that small audition.
0: Yeah, I'm a firm believer about uh, positive thoughts, breathe positive outcomes. You know, I read The Secret like every other Tuesday. You know what I'm saying? And it just... Like I said, it just puts my mind at that. Like the glasses always have full mentality, and it just makes your day so much better. Like when you, the way you receive things and the way you react to. This to, to uh, different situations you know and it always ends up being positive and ending up the way i ultimately wanted it so Absolutely. That's, that's good that you changed your your crankiness mm-hmm. to I was cranky. positive energy you and know everybody in
1: the room was validating that crankiness which is what'll so happen like feeding off the energy yeah and then i was like wait let me get out of this let right. me jump out of that stream of energy and create my own over here and it ended up being a blessing for sure
0: yeah you gotta quickly take that bird's eye view of what's happening or else you get sunk in man mm-hmm. and it's crazy how it works like that it took me a lot of years to really like start seeing things like above from what's happening, like a chessboard or whatever. And that's why I say life is the game of chess, I guess, because you're you're moving your your piece of your life, you know, what I'm saying yeah. in a certain direction. I
1: feel we're co-creating with God, as opposed to thinking God is the puppet master that's forcing us to do things. We're in it together, so you you know the move you need to make. You know the best move. You're you'll try to talk yourself out of it, and you you know temptation and all that, but. Mm. You and God know where you need to be, so.
0: That's a fact. And speaking of temptation, tell me, how do you stay focused in what you want to do? You know, with acting in your career in the entertainment business and avoid distractions. You know, I'm sure you know being married kind of puts a puts the seals the deal on that. But even before marriage, how did you stay focused?
1: Well. I think it's an everyday struggle. I'm not sure what you mean by um, the, what the marriage part is. But. No, I'm saying
0: like the, when I say distractions, I mean like, you know, it could be men, nightlife, drugs, alcohol, you know, stuff like that. And when being married kind of locks oh, you away from that. You, you know what I'm saying? You. So that's why, I, that's why I brought up the before the marriage. Yeah. focus or even it's, that
1: It's interesting that um, I am very sober mm-hmm. so I don't drink I don't smoke marijuana or regular cigarettes. Mm-hmm. I don't even drink soda. Mm-hmm. So I'm not even a coffee drinker like I don't have those vices. So there's nothing like going to a party where somebody's trying to get me to do coke and now all of a sudden I'm missing auditions because I'm craving more coke. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have those type of distractions. I used to say my only vice was sex because I actually really do like sex, but mm. I don't think I like it more than any man. I'm mm. just able to admit that it's fun mm. and that I'm actually getting something out of it. So. Mm. Being married is great because I can have sex whenever I want and Mm -hmm. so I don't have to look for it anywhere else. And my only other distractions are just me being focused on my own projects and not being like, oh, I want to go to lunch with my friend because I work for myself and I set my own office hours. Mm. And if I don't focus on things that are the tasks that help me reach my goals, then I'm distracting myself from my goals. So sometimes somebody will say, oh, you're in my neighborhood for an audition. Let's go hang out. And I'll be like uh i can't as i got to get home and do this so mm. those are my distractions as opposed to me laying around smoking weed all day or playing ps4 it's just being committed enough to get up and go to my home office and get some work done on the computer as opposed to saying man that movie is out that i really want to see i can go right now in the middle of the day for only five dollars no tangerine Focus. Like there's so many distractions. Ooh, I just got a notification on my phone. Did somebody like the picture on Instagram? No tangerine. Focus. But wait a minute, is somebody Snapchatted me. No tangerine. Focus. So those are my distractions, and it's an everyday struggle. I just have to keep bringing my mind back to the focus.
0: Sounds like you work. You're a workaholic. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I
1: said hours. I, I mean. So these are my office hours right now.
0: So to me, to my next question, what do you do to unwind and get away from the industry and just relax and chill?
1: I, I uh, veg out at night after my office hours. Mm-hmm. I binge on shows. My husband and I love watching TV shows together. We just binged the show Barry on HBO. We've I watched, just started
0: watching that, it's pretty cool.
1: We saw the season finale early mm-hmm. at this event that I took him to for the, because I'm a member of the TV Academy. So they're always sending us to events for various shows. And so mm-hmm. the one that we went to a few days ago, showed us the season finale of Barry so we knew that was happening so mm-hmm. we went and binged the whole first part of the season so we could be ready for the season finale but so I binge a lot of shows at night I go to comedy clubs and watch comedy because even though I've started doing comedy I've always been in love with comedy mm-hmm. so that's a release for me I love going to the movies I love um I love being entertained so I'm <clears throat> I you guess I, I do have a dry thru <laughs>
0: that's I do that's why I brought it here, just for that.
1: <clears throat> I love being entertained. So some of my favorite things to do are going to live performances, going mm-hmm. to concerts, going to poetry readings, going to comedy shows. I already have my tickets for Beyonce's On the Run two or two yeah i bought those tickets like a month ago mm-hmm. my
0: girl wants to buy them too She's Yeah, like, hey, we're gonna get the 35 dollar seats all the way in the back we so she gonna can be, the be there that's we, what we gonna is. be
1: there in the building i got seventh row floor seats the like a week before they even went on sale so mm-hmm. i'm Big set money because i love yeah. <laughs> because i just love being entertained so that's yeah. how i unwind is by letting somebody else entertain me for a change because mm-hmm. i'm usually the one doing the entertaining
0: that's cool that's what's up I, I, that's good i mean you know i'm the same way you know i like to meet me personally i like to travel you know me and my girl travel a oh, lot
1: i was about to say i also love to travel and i love trying different restaurants so okay that's my other thing but i can travel certain parts of the year because i'm working okay but when i know that it's going to be an off season i love getting stamps on my passport mm-hmm. i love visiting family and i love trying restaurants and i love staying in hotels with room service. That's like one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. I love room service and clean towels every day and can't forget Wi Fi. Wi Fi is probably between forty dollars a day. Yeah. It's so ridiculous no, in a hotel.
0: Free Wi-Fi. If you yeah. have a free
1: Wi-Fi <laughs> hotel. But sometimes they're they charge you a lot and you have to have it, so you pay it anyway. But I love hotels, I love traveling, I love eating, and I love being entertained.
0: Yeah. now that's cool. That's cool. What's your favorite place to be when you're on vacation?
1: Hmm, that's a good question. If it's in this country, I love Miami if it's out of the country uh, I enjoyed Tokyo a lot I just went to Fiji last spring Mm -hmm. and had no idea that people looked like me out there so that was awesome and it was warm and the water was the brightest blue I thought there was food color in it Mm -hmm. it was amazing Mm -hmm. so Fiji was awesome but I also like being in the UK Amsterdam and London um, were incredible I think I just like seeing how the natives live wherever I go. I, I, I immediately leave the tourist area. I find where the real people are and I hang out with them for a couple of days. Mm. And so I can't really pick a favorite. I just know that I can. I, mm-hmm. I like I like being mm. gone.
0: That's a fact. That's what so that's a good answer right there. <laughs> Not me in the, in the, in the country Vegas, you know uh, what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, I love Las Vegas. I just love that, strip. <laughs> that yeah, yeah, strip. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Vegas is fun, but because I'm from Cali, yeah. we go there five times a year. It's like nothing to us. Like you yeah. just drive up there, you hang out, and it's always something to do. So it is a fun place, but yeah. Miami, man, the water. You know,
0: it's the same way for me because I lived in Tampa twelve years and I was so it's going to no Miami. It's like yeah. oh, South Beach, pfft. exactly. You know what I'm saying? Now, exactly. But out the country, I definitely love Paris, France. We went to Paris, and it was the most. Flyest shit I've ever experienced. Like me and my girl, like on a picnic blanket, you know, bottle a uh, champagne in front of the Eiffel Tower at midnight. Like nice. That shit was nice, super fly. Like ooh, Instagram ready. Click. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I'm saying? Now like,
1: see, everybody that I know that goes to Paris tells me that the people are mean
0: and that it's kind of
1: dirty and it's not as beautiful as you think it would be. But you actually liked it.
0: I liked it, and also it kind of reminded me of Midtown Manhattan because I'm originally uh, from New York. Which is dirty. So. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's dirty, but it, the, the the buildings and all that. It, yeah. it was nice, you know. There was some good people there. I would say the uh, the bootleggers, who's always trying to sell you like memorabilia of the capital yeah. date. They- Hawk you like you be there with your girl chilling in front of Eiffel Tower, and they be like, "Hey buddy, you know," and they put this yeah. right in your face. They try to sell you more champagne bottles. Same thing, Costa Rica, Mexico. They Mexico. They, yeah.
1: That's all they cigar, cigar, and they yeah. have so much uh, stuff they want to sell you because you're they a gotta, tourist. Yeah, you know? Jamaica, same way. They're yeah. just trying to get their hustle on, and they know you came with money.
0: And you, you got to respect the hustle, but mm-hmm. just get the fuck out of my face. You <laughs> see me with my wife, my dude. <laughs> anyway, so um, now on a serious note. How do you feel about our president?
1: <laughs> How do I feel about your president?
0: I mean, you know, Number the guy 45? who's in that seat right now.
1: Um, I don't think my opinion varies from the average person with a brain in our country. Mm-hmm. I don't think that he really wants to be president. I don't think that he thought he would actually win. And I don't think that he's doing a great job. But at the same time... I'm not really the person who thinks the president has any control. I'm not the person who thinks the president is the one who's making the moves for our country. So I didn't get depressed when he, when he won the, in office, I was like, okay, I'm going to try to be positive tangerine burner of energy, health, joy and light. Maybe because he's so good at business, he'll be great with balancing our books. Maybe he'll be great with the economy. Like I had all these high hopes when all my friends were literally crying real tears. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, let's see what happens. This could be a good thing. This could be a change that we weren't expecting. Mm-hmm. Something great might happen from it. Maybe he will make America great again. But again, I don't I don't have any faith in politics. Like I'm not the person who watches CNN all day. I don't walk around depressed based on something that somebody told me that that a politician said or did. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really affect me that much. But I know that he's not a fan of people of color, and I know that he's not going to employ any policies that make my life any better. And so, I'm just hoping that he will be done soon. Did you oh. vote? That's a great question. <laughs> that is a great question. I don't vote, mm-hmm. and I'm not allowed to say that in public because people look at me like it's a terrible thing. But the other side of Tangerine is very woke and, and knows what's going on with conspiracies and knows that when you register to vote, you're actually giving up some of your, life, your rights as, as a citizen of the United States of America and you now become a citizen of the United States, which is two different things. Mm. And I know that he didn't even win the popular vote, but he's still the president. So that should further let you know that the vote doesn't matter. Plus, I've also lived in California my whole life, and usually they're announcing the winner before we even finished, uh voting in our polls. Mm-hmm. So it further lets me know that my vote doesn't matter. And they decide the president probably about a year to two before we even vote. So, and I know that I'll get a lot of really weird comments and hate mail about that, but this is simple stuff you can look up on the Internet. So, no, I don't vote.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. I voted, you know, if I hit Hillary, obviously. Of course. Yeah, but... You know they ended up with him so i mean to be honest with you man i just kind of like just live my life and just keep doing what i'm doing and make sure my bills are paid me and my girl are happy and my family's taken care of and Whatever's happening over there, I just let it happen, and
1: that's all you can do. You, there are some people who can really get depressed about what's going on in Washington, but what is that doing to affect your daily life? Mm-hmm. The only thing I could see that made things terrible was when he was stopping families from coming home,
0: from mm-hmm. visiting
1: other countries, saying, "You look a certain way. We're going to have to, mm-hmm. you know, have you fill out paperwork because you're, you know, you may be part of the countries that are that we're beefing with." And it was like this horrible thing that he did. That was. That was something that would affect somebody like right now. But as far as my everyday life, I just I still gotta get up and go to work. I still gotta make money and pay my bills. I still gotta eat my vegetables. Doesn't matter who the president is for me.
0: Yeah. Nah, I feel you. Yeah, you just gotta keep living your life, man. Keep praying and just keep moving.
1: Yeah. And even if he decides to go to war, I still the same things still apply to me. He's gonna be sending people over there who have signed up to be in the military because they want to fight for our freedom and our rights. And Mm. and I thank them for that. My sister's in the Air Force. I have a lot of people in the military. Mm. But again, I still gotta get up, work, eat my vegetables, pay my bills. That's a fact. And you know.
0: Can't be focused on that negativity.
1: But I also have cash and dry goods and an emergency uh, pack with food and things because when the shit hits the fan when the economy breaks or when we go to work whatever's gonna happen because it's gonna happen in our lifetime I'm prepared for that as well Mm -hmm. but I still got to get up go to work pay my bills eat my vegetables
0: that's a fact that's a fact. that's a good way that's a good way of, of thinking about it you know keeping the glass half full you know so that's that's good that's good so um now we saw we spoke about the me too movement previously, you know what I'm saying, and I want to um, shed some more light on that, you know, especially now that you got a lot of women coming out, you know, after all this time uh, that's in between. Tell me, um, what's your message to those women who have been victimized by, you know, those type of characteristics, you know, sexual assault, sexual misconduct, and are afraid to speak out? What's your message to them?
1: Oh, this is the best time to speak up. It doesn't matter if it happened yesterday or 50 years Mm -hmm. ago. The fact that there are so many people speaking out about it lets you know that you're not alone, that you're not a victim, that you don't have to feel embarrassed anymore. There's no shame attached to it. So don't protect the person anymore. Don't protect the people, the production company, the industry, even if you're not in entertainment. This has been happening in so many industries for so many years. My advice is to have the strength and the courage to say me too and watch how empowered you feel. Watch how many people you help. Watch how many people you inspire to join in. And before you know it, this will be a thing in the past because there'll be more women in positions of power that will be able to prevent this from happening. Because, I mean, there are some women who might have done some movement move to people in a, a subordinate position to them. But let's be honest, most of this stuff is the men. So the more people that we can put in power that don't think with their penis, the more we can uh, get rid of this problem.
0: No, mm, no, nah, nah, it's a fact. I feel you, you know. So, uh, But I'm glad you said that most of it is the men. Now, what's your advice to the women who are just lying and coming out and just trying to get a check and exploiting the men and lying and trying to break their careers and stuff like that, the men's career? So what's your advice or your message to those women?
1: Well, the truth always comes to light. What's done in the dark always <clears throat> comes to the light. So if they're lying... It will will show up and karma is always present. Universal law happens whether we know it's happening or not. Mm -hmm. Whatever you put out into the universe, you get back. Mm -hmm. So if you're lying, if you're doing something mischievous, if you don't have integrity, if you're dishonest, all that stuff comes back. So you really don't have anything to gain. You might get a check for it right now, but at some point you're gonna hit rock bottom because of it. Unfortunately, I don't think a lot of people are lying. Mm-hmm. I think the ones that are will filter off on their own because they don't have a leg to stand in, stand on, but I, from the things that I've read, I don't see a lot of people whose stories I don't believe, and maybe that's because I'm a woman, so mm-hmm. everybody's perspective is from their own point of view, obviously, but as somebody who's experienced sexual harassment in the industry, more, more, than, more than enough, I know that it happens and so I I haven't really seen a lot that I feel like people are making up
0: mm, okay okay so now you say you experienced it yourself I mean why haven't you uh you know came out and been like he did this or he did that Just doesn't you just want to put that in the past
1: well because i never let anybody actually touch me or mm. do anything to me mm. so it's not it's really just it's been like a conversation or a touch where mm. it's like okay that's not really worth it like there's some women who Were actually penetrated Yeah, But some of them didn't want it to happen But they let it happen Because they felt like They would lose an opportunity Mm -hmm. Or because they just didn't have The strength to say Again, even though they said no They didn't have the strength to keep saying it Or Mm -hmm. they were probably embarrassed But those women, some of them don't even speak up Because they feel like, well, I did let him Like the girl who said something about Russell Simmons Mm -hmm. She didn't fight him off of her she didn't like she, there were some things she could have done and she realizes that but now that she's seeing all the other things that he had done and his, his business partner had done she's saying oh by the way these are the things that he did to me
0: mm. so
1: it's kind of a fine line i nobody's
0: that nobody he got dismissed me. right i think he got dismissed um or something like that
1: oh i'm not sure because he's already stepped down from all his companies and taken his name off of everything mm. so if it's dismissed now he's still doesn't he still his name is still not on any of these companies so mm. the the uh consequences are still the same mm. but in most cases like in my life i've I, i've been raped but not by somebody in the industry so mm. it's like i'm sorry it's nowhere that. thanks um but it's it's not it's nothing for for me to really tell like this person told me if i did this this would happen and this person said to me i needed to do this to get that to happen but there's no reason for me to like Put their names out there because I I didn't take them up on their offer.
0: Mm-hmm. Damn.
1: But it's out there. It happens all all the time.
0: <sighs> wow I didn't, I didn't expect for you to say that. I mean that's crazy. Like I said, I mean, not, I don't even know what to say. You know, you had left me speechless. I'm sorry.
1: That. I didn't mean to make you uncomfortable. <laughs> no nah, it's not. It's, not uncom- it's such old news to me, and it happens so much. Like I was watching on the show Barry. Mm-hmm. There was a sexual harassment thing between an actress and her agent mm. and Clayton, my husband was watching with me and he was so shocked that the man, it was just a verbal thing that he said, you know, that this is what I want you to do for me so that you can, we can work together as agent and actor. Mm. And Clayton was like, Oh my God, I can't believe he said that. And then because she refused it, she had a, con- a consequence later yeah. and he was so hurt. My husband was, and I was like, babe, I forgot. You don't, you're not used to seeing stuff like this. Like this is our everyday life as, a, as an actress. In the industry, or yeah. in a female in any industry, we're constantly being told, right. if, you, if you do this, you'll get that, and if you don't do this, I'm going to take this away. Mm. And he was just like, man, I know I've heard about it, but to see it, and to see the consequences when you don't do it, he was like, man, I was like, yeah, this is what we deal with. So we're just like, yeah, okay, this is, this is unfortunately which is what we're used to, but hopefully it won't be the norms soon.
0: That sounds like a, uh, you know, not to play on that type of situation, but that sounds like a good, like a movie idea, you know, you should probably try, and it's your real life, so you'll probably have real detailed experience to write down and uh, bring that to light, especially now at this time. Yeah, I'm sure there's going
1: to be other movies about it. Like I would, I would probably bet Harvey Weinstein alone should have a movie about him because he's done, he's been such an industry great for so many years Mm -hmm. and he's got so many women coming out about him that he could possibly go to prison like that's a movie
0: yeah but I'm sure he's focused on other things and making no he's not gonna make the movie oh okay I'm saying
1: somebody else is gonna have to make that movie because I would want to watch like what yeah and what did he say to get you to do this or did he force you or like there's so many stories same thing with Bill Cosby like Mm. there's so many stories yet the cast members say what are you guys talking about I uh, wife is like, huh? What? What? Yeah. He never bothered me. (laughs) So like, we want to see how did that play out because Mm -hmm. it's obvious that y'all saw them girls going into the rooms with him. You Mm -hmm. know, you guys did, but you're not gonna shit where you eat. This Mm -hmm. man has fed you your whole life with these with these residuals from these episodes. So Mm -hmm. you're not gonna say what you saw. But and obviously he wouldn't need to harass you. You're on the set. You're working. You're in a position of power as well. You know you don't need him. But these new girls that just moved out of here from Bumfuck, Idaho, and they're like, oh, and he's hot. Yeah. And you say, come to my house for an audition. You're going to go.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> I want to see that movie. Speaking of that, you brought up Bill Cosby. Do you think the Me Too movement had an uh, influence on his verdict? You know, because he's like 80 years old and he's about to get 30 years in prison. <laughs> I, mean, <yeah. laughs>
1: I didn't mean to laugh. <laughs> it's uh, It's unfortunate. And of course, you don't want to see a brother get pulled down and you don't want him to lose the legacy of all that he's created his entire career. Right. The, the positive influence that seeing his Mr. Huxtable depiction on TV for years mm. was such an inspiring thing for little brown people to grow up to be able to see. Right. But it's a lot of women. So whether the Me Too movement started or not, he had his own Me Too movement. There were so many women that came out that I don't know how he would have avoided a verdict. As as long as they had the as long as they had one person with enough information like that's all they needed. So mm. I think they go hand in hand. I mean, yes, it helped, but I feel like he's the poster boy <laughs> for for this whole thing. So it is going to be hard for him to avoid finding being found guilty at some point like it's way too many women and he already had admitted yeah to giving people prescriptions on dates mm-hmm. like what are you doing Bill and he'd already admitted to people coming over for you know meetings and all that. like he admitted to too many things like mm-hmm. he didn't need all these other actors to, to, to and producers to get in trouble like he had enough on his own
0: yeah oh, I mean you know i more power to him, man. 80 years old, 30 years, you know, for a sexual crime. I mean, whew. oh, man, I, I I hate to see what his life would be like in there. That would be crazy.
1: And I feel like I don't think if it was just one person that it would have been that many. But because
0: collectively, the
1: collectively, they're like, well, it's kind of like with OJ. He mm-hmm. got off for killing Nicole and um, the gentleman that she was with that night. But then they said we'll we'll get him with this they gave him a civil suit Mm -hmm. and so he owed money for that because he lost there but then when he came back to to steal back the merchandise of his that was being sold they were like well now we can stick all this extra time on his sentence because we didn't get him for the murders Mm -hmm. so let's get him for this so with Bill you know it's okay we know there's 60 women Mm -hmm. so let's you know give him the sentence that we feel is equal to all these other women that the statute is up and we don't have enough proof for them but let's add that onto here
0: wow how do you feel about Kanye West
1: (laughs) Kanye West Mm. is an extremely creative artist I feel his first three albums were phenomenal Mm -hmm. I used to listen to them on repeat without skipping one song like everybody says I miss the old Kanye thank you to to Childish Gambino slash Donald Glover for being Mm -hmm. out to kind of replace what we needed in in the old Kanye I I feel like Beautiful. if you're a real genius, mm-hmm. you don't need to call yourself a genius. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why you don't hear Childish Gambino calling himself a genius. He's just putting out work that he thinks we would that that he enjoys, mm-hmm. and he doesn't really care how we feel. Like if you don't know about Childish Gambino, he's been dropping dope mixtapes for the last so many years mm-hmm. that my husband and I have been downloading his music. is amazing, and and and. and People didn't even realize it, that it was this good. He wasn't going around saying, "I'm a genius. I'm a genius. You got to get my mixtape." Mm-hmm. So with Kanye, it's like he's always giving himself a pat on the back. His clothing line like looked ridiculous, like rags, and he's like charging super a bunch of money for it and saying, "You know, this is fashion." No, Kanye, nah. you're not gonna shit in a in a cup and tell me it's dessert. Like mm-hmm. this isn't fashion. So I think that he, I don't know, some people are talking that he might be mentally ill. And if that's true, then we need to be sensitive of that and maybe get him some help because mental illness is a thing and it needs to be taken seriously. But I thought that it was kind of smart marketing for him to come out and say that he was a Trump supporter and then he has the song with TI called Yay Versus the People. So it's like, oh, that's a great marketing thing. You you talk about this, you get your name back in the media, then you drop some songs. Mm -hmm. but he dropped another song where he was just making noises. And then I was like, okay, wait, now is he crazy? Like I'm so confused. Mm-hmm. So I know, I'm not really sure what to think. I just know that he's so different from the guy that came out with the, with the girlfriend that he would had for years who happened to be my soror. She was a Delta, mm-hmm. he was bigging her up. And then to go and become a part of the Kardashian family who's head by a marketing genius. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm hoping that everything he's doing and everything he's saying is is part of Chris Jenner's marketing geniusness, and I'm hoping that we'll see at the end of the tunnel that oh, he's not crazy, he's got a new album, and it's actually amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry for everything I said about you, Kanye. This is great. Like I'm hoping that's what happens.
0: Okay, but I doubt it. Do you feel he crossed the line with his slavery comments, saying slavery was a choice?
1: <sighs> that's a good question. I. Because I'm a Gemini, there are two faces, there are two sides. I always Mm -hmm. can see both sides of of a story. Mm -hmm. And when he said it, it didn't upset me the way it upset everybody else because I know that I'm co-creating my experiences. Mm -hmm. So I've always wondered, how did we get into slavery? Like if we were kings and queens in Africa and we didn't speak the language they spoke, Mm -hmm. how, I never hear that story of what did they say to us to get us to get on these boats repeatedly, and we're seeing our family members not come back, and we're getting wanted again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What weapons were we using that that we didn't have anything to go against them? We're stronger than them, right? You know, we we, you know, physically are more capable of doing things than them. Which is how we built this whole country on our backs. So I've always been curious as to how that transition happened mm-hmm. from us being kings and queens into slavery with by some strangers, and so. It was an interesting statement to me for him to say 400 years. Well, that sounded like a choice to me. And I was like, man, I'm not. Pretty bold
0: statement right there. It's a
1: bold statement, but then it's like, well, where are you going with this? Because Mm
0: -hmm.
1: how long, we did stay in it longer than, the Jews have a horrible story, but theirs was only what? A four year story. Like the the, the, the The Holocaust Holocaust. was horrible. Yeah. But it didn't last for that many generations. It was like just this generation that was going on during that war and now everybody's cool. Like we did stay in it for a long time because right. they did have our minds and mm-hmm. they did show us what will happen if we got out of line. But it took us rising up mm-hmm. to go against them. So I guess if if I'm looking on my Gemini other face and saying from Kanye's point of view, maybe we could have stood up for ourselves after the first hundred. Why, why did we take so long is what he was trying to say. And I think that because we're in a place of free speech, he should be able to say that if that's how he feels without us being mad. Just like somebody who's racist that works at a radio station, the second he admits racism, he's fired. Mm. Well, I thought we were in a free country. Let him be racist. I would rather know who's racist than to have to guess. My president, your president is racist. <clears throat> he should be able to say it. Mm. But if you if you admit things, privileges are taken away from you. So are we really in a free country? If that's how Kanye feels, he should be able to say it.
0: I mean, you know, I agree in that sense, you know, if everybody's entitled to their opinion, freedom of speech, and all that, you know. But I feel like, you know, his ancestors would probably be disappointed at that statement. I think he Absolutely. knows that. And, uh, But I, I if he feels that way, cool. It is what it is. I'm not mad at him at all. I'm just shocked more than anything. But if he's using that as a marketing scheme to sell his album, I feel he crossed the line. And I'm Dominican. You know what I'm saying? I don't really feel it as much as you know African Americans. But still, it's just like wow. Like you really would take it to that extent. I mean, I, don't I think know. that was.
1: I think that caught him <clears throat> off guard. Mm. I don't think that was part of the marketing. Think he was thinking too I fast. Think, I think. Too fast? I think it just came out, mm. but that's how he feels. Mm-hmm. And again, pardon me, if you're living a privileged life, if you're in a point where you, your bird's eye view is showing you that you make choices based on what you want, and he's he coming from somebody with a, you know, a serious accident, yeah. who then becomes this megastar, who's now married to a megastar, he's saying you could make a choice and you could be homeless or you could make a choice and you could be a billionaire. So he's just saying, why did so many people make the choice that led them to continue in slavery because from his mind that was a choice so Mm -hmm. i get it i get why he said that yeah but i don't think he realized how that was gonna come across right and it's too late to take it back
0: but yeah yeah oh man well you know shout out to kanye i'm sure you got an album coming out and a tour coming so you know And
1: if the music is good, people will still rock with him. They'll forgive him.
0: And that's all he he need. That's all he need. How did you feel
1: about 808s and Heartbreaks?
0: I liked it. You know, it was different because he went more on the singing route. But that song, uh, um, With a Woman So Heartless. Remember that song? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know what's crazy? It's like certain songs that come out, I find myself in that type of situation. So I relate to it more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that actual, when that song came out, I was dealing with this girl who, you know wasn't my favorite you know what I'm saying but it, she seemed pretty heartless and the song <laughs> kind of connected to me you know what I'm saying yeah. So that's why I kind of received that song uh, I related to it more than mm-hmm. you know somebody just listening to it so to answer your question I thought it was dope you know and uh, he, he he definitely showed a different side of him you know he, he inspired other people to do the singing melodic stuff as well I mean honestly I feel he doesn't, this guy doesn't get more credit enough for the melodic tones that's going on today, which is Nelly. I think he kind of uh. birthed that. You know But um, but anyway Oh
1: uh, yeah I, I didn't even realize that That's a good point
0: You know But right now Everybody's giving the credit To Kanye Because I guess He took it to a different level That everybody's kind of What about like,
1: Drake? Drake is
0: singing Rapping Correct But, I'm, but I'm Kanye talking about, did it first Yeah I'm talking about The people that came before Drake Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Drake is obviously On top of it right now You know what I'm saying mm. But everybody's doing it But I feel the one Who actually birthed it Doesn't get enough credit Is Nelly But Kanye took it To another level you know, So that's, that's, that's to answer your question, that's my opinion on that.
1: Well, <laughs> so. I think that, that album was the first album he did where I didn't love every song. And I was like, wait, what happened to Kanye? There was like two that I really liked, mm-hmm. but the rest I was just like, this, song, this album is depressing. I used to be in a good mood, ready to go to the gym on mm-hmm. the other one. But this album, I was like, what's happening to Kanye? So mm-hmm. to me, even though there was two or maybe three that I liked on the album, I was skipping a lot of songs. Mm-hmm. And that was the first Kanye album where I was skipping, yeah. and I feel like ever since then, He hasn't been the same. Yeah. But he also, you know, dealt with some death in his family and different things. But um, I'll ask you, even though you're the one doing the interviewing, why do you suppose that um, slavery lasted so long black
0: Americans? I mean, honestly, I feel it was a they were psychologically enslaved, you know, with the uh, the um, tactics that the slave masters were using to keep everybody in line you know from from what I read and what I hear they would do heinous things like they would hang women that were pregnant beat the baby out of them when the baby come out stomping and burning you know that to somebody who doesn't know better you know to defend themselves or how they have freedom of speech you see that and you're like I don't want that to happen to me I'm gonna do what this man says and or I could be next you know what I'm saying so I feel like they just had to mentally enslaved until it took You know, people like Harriet Tugman to kind of step up and, you know, all those other people in history that kind of stepped up. So that's that's my answer to you.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's it was genius on their part Mm -hmm. to show us so many examples of what happened if we got out of line Mm -hmm. that it made us stay there, which, again, it makes it was a choice. Mm -hmm. We have a choice to stay in line and stay alive or we have a choice to stand up and start a revolt and start a movement, but it's scary. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing that's going on in life right now. Like we have a a president that we don't agree with, that we know doesn't like us, that might lead us to war, that might make it okay for police to kill our kids. What do we do? Mm -hmm. We have a choice. Do we stay in, or do we march when we do women's marches, do we, you know, we haven't assassinated anybody in so long, and I'm not condoning violence, mm-hmm. but we, people are in power that are really not good people, and we're letting them stay in power. But we have a choice mm-hmm. to stand up for ourselves or to not. And I, and I, don't, I don't think that comes with voting, because mm-hmm. I know somebody's going to watch this and be like, but you don't vote. It's bigger than that. Mm-hmm. It's way bigger than that. Yeah. We have a choice. Like Kanye said, to do something right now, just like they had a choice to start the civil rights movement. So, what are you gonna do with your choice?
0: Yeah, I honestly feel like you said it's way bigger than voting. I honestly feel we're not in control of any of that. You know, they Congress kind of picks everything, and they 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 know what they're doing up there. And it's like it's so beyond our reach that we can't even fathom the thought. So, us as human beings, and you know, the I guess. Middle class or whatever Majority Whatever you want to call it Is just focused on What we're doing Because we got so much Other shit going on That that's just A video on YouTube We might see a conspiracy About oh yeah Have a little conversation About it But can we really Do anything about it All these marches And all these stuff It's all good It's bringing people together But to the government It's just like Oh they're just Making a ruckus again Yeah Give give them some reparations Or something Let them You know Get happy with that And let's get back to Doing what we're gonna do Which is The greater goal that they have
1: yeah, they have a new world order
0: yeah yeah that's and that's
1: we're that's so my deep belief. here
0: i know i mean you know i can go into these conversations Let's too because i have these uh i have these thoughts in my head and that's how i see the world but i just you know like i said like i told you before just live my life stick to my goals and my dreams and just keep going and make sure it's all what i wanted at the end you but know that's that? a
1: choice too like what yeah. i said you know every day i still got to go to work i got to pay my bills and i got to eat my veggies but that could be seen as a choice of being complacent. Mm-hmm. So when the shit hits the fan, I'm going to fight. Right. So there's that. Yeah. I'll leave you with that.
0: No, that, that's what's up. That's what's up. Well, um, so the, uh, more on a positive note, you know, so tell me, um, what advice can you give to someone looking to come to L.A., chase this dream of ours? You know, whether it's a writer, actress, comedian, coming to L.A., how do they equip themselves for this? Shark Tank, you know what I'm saying?
1: My advice to people that want to come to LA to make it happen is stay home. We have enough traffic. I am so sick of leaving my house an hour and a half before I have to be somewhere because all of you motherfuckers have moved out here for a dream. You thought you were the shit in your hometown because it was small and you were the big fish and you come out here and you get a reality check. Mm. Stay home. There's a bunch of pretty women out here. There's a bunch of talented actors out here. There's a bunch of rappers and musicians. Why do you need to come out here to add to that? Stay home. (laughs) But if you hear that and you still wanna come, then I would say, don't let anybody talk you out of it. If you know it's what you're supposed to be doing, Come on out here and be open to learning as much as you can. Take classes, produce your own projects so you can get some experience. Learn, find a mentor so that you can follow the right steps and that you're, you're not um, bumping your head a lot, mm-hmm. but enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey and be nice to everybody you meet because one day that person who was running the errands on the set will be the executive producer. And if you treated him like shit because you had a a role on the show and then you go to an audition and that person that you treated like shit is now standing behind the casting director deciding who's gonna get the job, you're gonna look stupid. So I'm the bringer of light, energy, health, joy to everybody everywhere I go because you just never know and you want that reciprocated. You want that reflected back to you. So that's my advice. Be good, be nice, study the craft, find a mentor, and don't let anybody talk you out of it like
0: I just try to do. Mm-hmm. That's good how you led with an example and then followed up with that. That was really good. So um, where can the people follow you and um, look up your next projects?
1: Why did I make that noise? Because I'm really just the ghetto girl from What. <laughs> you can find me on all the social media sites. If you know how to spell my name, it's not spelled like the fruit. It's spelled T-A-N-J-A-R-E-E-N. Tanjareen, And I'm on... Facebook and Instagram as official Tanjareen and then on everything else it's just Tanjareen. So type in Tanjareen and I'm everywhere. Find me. I've got a show on May 30th at Flappers in Burbank. I got a show at Claremont Flappers on Friday the, I think it's the 17th or the 18th and (laughs) <laughs> watch me on Famous in Love season one on Hulu and Freeform. Mm. And watch me on Family Time season six will be on Bounce in October. Mm. And watch me as the egg on the Denny's commercials. If you go to grandslam.com they all right there organized together for you. And I'm the sassy egg voice. That's it. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but I'm sleepy and I'm hungry.
0: Hey, so. It's all good. That was a great, great outro. Best outro I've had thus far in the interview, right there. <laughs> Well, thank you for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to thank my guest, Tangerine Thomas, for coming through, blessing me with her presence. Again, I am your host, Johnny Vegas. This is Sleepers for Billionaires, the podcast brought to you by Stop the Bank ENT TV. Make sure you stay tuned for more episodes to come.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, thank you for coming, man. Bye.
1: My stomach was literally growling, so if you ever saw me going like this, y'all, it was me trying to make sure this mic didn't pick up the sound of the growl.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> At least I got some water. Hey, you're welcome. hmm And we yeah. out. I want to be a billionaire. Yeah. Ah, I ain't getting no sleep. Nah. Ah, Till I see a million every week. Yeah. I want to be a billionaire. Ah, yeah. I ain't getting no sleep. Nah. Till I see a Billy every week. Yeah. I want to be a billionaire. A billionaire. B- billionaire. B- B- I want to be a billionaire. B- 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 I want to be a billionaire. B-